I want, I want, I want, me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Greetings and welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 65 of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about equality and identity politics. So I'm going to delve into a subject today that might be a little bit controversial, and I'll be honest, I'm not even sure how this is going to turn out because a lot of different thoughts are bouncing around inside of my head on this, but I'm going to talk a little bit about race and the idea of equality and identity politics because it seems like almost everything today gets twisted around eventually to the issue of race and uh, other types of group politics. Uh, We can look at sex or uh, sexual preference or all different kinds of uh, identity groups that people lump themselves into for political purposes. The other day, a a friend of mine posted on Facebook. He said, after leading this country since its inception, there is a significant chance that we will go 12 to 16 years without a white man as president. That is noteworthy, whatever your political leanings. Why? Why? Why do we care about what group or category an individual falls into? I don't. I want somebody, uh, well, I really don't want anybody as president at this point, but you know, if we're going to talk about qualifications for president, their skin color or genitalia should be pretty low on the list, I would think. You know, I would rather talk about like how true they're going to be to the Constitution or uh, you know, even policy issues, if you want to talk about that, but their their sex and gender. Yet, this is what people in America obsess about. And I think this is one of the most insidious effects of our political system today. It dumps everybody into groups and voting blocks. It fosters divisiveness, and it creates this horrible antagonism between groups of people. And let's be honest, most of these group categorizations don't even really make sense if you think about it. Take this idea of black people. We're constantly hearing about black people or the black voters or, you know, black experience. What the heck is that? I mean, my wife grew up in rural West Virginia. Her experiences as a black woman are miles apart from somebody who grew up in the south side of Chicago. She's black, but She's not part of this homogeneous black experience. There is no black experience. You have black people that have had experiences. And 
they're different and black people think different things and they have different political viewpoints and different religious views and and all kinds of things that differentiate black people from other black people and yet in politics we lump them all together as black people and and i think this is absurd and i'll be honest with you i think if you really want to fight racism we need to stop looking at everything through the lens of race And we can say the same thing about sexism or any other ism you want to discuss. Ron Paul said that racism is simply an ugly form of collectivism, the mindset that views humans strictly as members of groups rather than individuals. And and that's exactly what I was talking about with black people. You know, you, you can't lump my wife together with every other single black person on the planet. It's just absurd. We need to look at people as individuals. But that's not how it works in America today. We have identity politics. People identify with the groups. Politicians use these groups, uh, voter blocks, and it's a way to consolidate their own power. You know what identity politics does? It sets groups against each other to the benefit of the political class. The fact of the matter is, we really all should be getting together and fighting the state, fighting the political class. They're screwing over all of us, black, white, Indian, uh, Jewish, Chinese, whatever group you want to think about. It's the state that is creating problems. But they want to promise certain things to certain groups and use that to uh, consolidate their own power. Let me give you an example of, of how this identity politics interjecting race and sex and and other isms into everything obscures broader problems. The whole issue of police violence. Now, I'm keenly aware that there's an issue with police violence, but I think it's a structural problem within our police departments. It's this mindset that's turned protect and serve into command and control. And it's aimed at white people and black people alike. Uh, Not Terribly long ago, this poor white girl in Boone County, Kentucky, was shot because she was trying to leave a party. She wasn't black, and so we didn't hear nearly the uh, uproar about it that we did of some of these other things. But police violence is police violence, and it's directed at the civilians, so to speak, people at large. And yet, by turning it into a racial issue, it obscures it, especially for people who instantly put up their guard. You know, you've got a lot of people that when you start talking about race, they're going to take the opposite sides because, you know, they're tired of being called racist or whatever. So we have a lot of white people who don't understand the problem of police violence because they view it just as a racial issue. It's not a racial issue. And this happens with all kinds of different uh, policies and, and issues and things that we see in the political world today. Now, at the core of identity politics is the idea of equality. And obviously, equality is a very important concept in American political thought. But It's been completely bastardized, particularly by the left and by progressives. And we've turned it into this thing that we need to apply to groups. So, you know, everybody in this group needs to be equal to everybody in that group. And it's all become this whole idea of equality of outcomes. So we take a group of people and we say, well, their outcomes aren't the same as this other group of people. So therefore, we need to interject government to to remedy this inequality. Now, Like I said, equality is a very important concept in American political thought. It's in the Declaration of Independence, right? Uh, You know, all men are created equal. But Locke really 
explains better what the founding generation understood equality to be. It wasn't equality of outcome. It wasn't that everybody gets the same thing. It was that we all are equal to each other and we are all equal under the law, that there's not one special group of people that stands above the others. There shouldn't be a ruling class like we have today that, you know, don't have to worry about the laws. Really, no human being has any inherent right to rule over another. That's what we're talking about when we talk about equality. Here's how Locke put it. To understand political power right and derive it from its original, we must consider what state all men are naturally in, and that is a state of perfect freedom to order their actions and dispose of their possessions and persons as they think fit, within the bounds of the law of nature, without asking leave or depending upon the will of another man. A state also of equality, wherein all the power and jurisdiction is reciprocal, no one having more than another, there being nothing more evident than that creatures of the same species and rank, promiscuously born to all the same advantages of nature and the use of the same faculties, should also be equal one among another without subordination or subjection. This is the kind of equality we should be seeking the equal right to direct and order our own lives, not equality of outcome where you've got some great force trying to make everything equal across all of these different groups. Equality, as Locke used the term, doesn't mean sameness. And if you watch me swing a baseball bat, it quickly becomes evident that I am not equal to Manny Ramirez. I can't hit a baseball like that. No. But what we do in politics is we try to impose that type of equality, sameness, equality of outcome on everybody. And what we do is we violate the true spirit of equality, the right to direct and order our own lives. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.meharry at 10th Amendmentcenter.com. Oh, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast over at iTunes for free. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next week.